<laughs> this is it. It's time for the Where Is It Now Geocaching Podcast, where you can escape the muggles in your life for almost, but not quite, 30 minutes. This podcast is sponsored by the Four State Geocaching Society and was recorded at Digital Planet Studios near Joplin, Missouri. Now let's welcome our host, Where Is It Now? Welcome to the Where Is It Now Geocaching Podcast. This is episode number six. Today we're going to talk about two things. Number one, we're going to talk about geo art. So what it looks like when you make art with geocaches. And we're also going to have a really uh, short interview with a new guest. So let's just get started with our guest right away. I've got in the studio today, Mackenzie, and her geocaching name is clearly Mackenzie. And I recently hired Mackenzie to work for my companies in digital marketing. She is the director of marketing for my companies. And one of my companies, although it doesn't make any money, is the Where Is It Now Geocaching podcast. So, Mackenzie, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. She was so excited when I told her we were going to go to the studio and do a podcast. <laughs> I was. I was I was actually kind of excited. Yeah, you were secretly excited. I was. You were kind of acting nervous. A little bit, kind of, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is your nervousness around the actual recording and the podcast and talking, or is it the fact that you really don't geocache much? The second one. Yeah, that's what I Definitely thought. Definitely the second one. <laughs> so I was going to look her up and see how many geocaches, because when I hired her and I showed her the podcast, she said, you know, I've been geocaching with one of my friends. Great. So I looked to see how many she had gotten, and before I could even find it, she admitted that she had only had how many? A whopping five. Five geocaches. <laughs> and the last one you found was September 14, 2015. Yeah, it was for my best friend's 21st birthday. We drove around Joplin finding them, and that was it. <laughs> you know, I celebrated my 21st birthday just a little differently. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, yeah, of course, geocaching had not been invented yet at that time. <laughs> Maybe I would have, you know done this instead yeah so i'm looking at the five caches that you've got and because there's only five we can talk about a, a little bit now you live in carthage missouri is that right yes which for those listening is just about 15 miles west of joplin missouri where the studio is and i'm looking at these and three of your five or a full 60 percent of your caches that you have found have been archived yeah so that means they don't exist anymore right that's what it means one of them has 26 favorites. I can't believe it's archived. For those of you that know the story of Joplin, we are in Tornado Alley. And people think of the one we had in 2011. Was it May 22nd? Yeah, I think so. It's so terrible. I don't remember the day because it's a very memorable day when we lost right. hundreds, more than 100 people died in that tornado. But a lot of geocaches popped up. And one of them, uh, well, actually several of them, Brandy Jack, our friend Evil Joe, created. And I'm so sad to see that this has been archived. It's called Six Joplin Tornado Landmarks, Rangeline Road. And that geocode, I don't, yeah, I can see it. It's GC5M5D4, but it's archived. And that's one that I did find. It has 26 favorites or had 26 favorites, mm -hmm. and it's just too bad it's gone. That was one of my favorite ones we found that night, too. So 
that's what's really sad to know it's not there anymore. Of the five you found, that was yeah, your that was my favorite one because it was the most not challenging but the most exciting one we did. Yeah. Do you remember anything about it? Yeah, it was a giant piece of like machinery. I think it must mm. have been either road construction machinery or I'm not sure, but we searched that thing up and down looking for it. Also, it was very late at night. And finally, one of my friends found like an ammo box. Yeah. And inside was the geocache. It was attached to a chain and you had to pull the chain and pull it and pull it and pull it to get it up. I remember that. That was a Caterpillar road grader in front of the Caterpillar distributorship out on the road. Yeah. And, and that distributorship is still there, but they sold that piece of land to the Subaru distributorship. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was a cool geocache. It was done really well. It was on yeah. a chain. It was painted cool. Like, you know, Joe never does anything halfway. Everything's <laughs> tip top. Uh, that was a good one. So the other one you found was called a VIP spot. Do you remember that one? Oh gosh. Does it say where is that? Like, Not where? really. It's in Missouri. How about that? I have no idea. I could click it and see, but it's also been archived. And also mm. is Nature Cache number one by Mimi and Pa. Uh, <laughs> stones in parentheses. I don't know where that one was at either. I think that one was on, it was down on 32nd towards uh, the, kind of the industrial part of 32nd towards Flying J. All right. It was in a parking lot, but it was like in the grass in the parking lot. So we had to search it around in the gravel. And we searched for probably 20 or 30 minutes. And then finally my friend goes, hey, look, I lifted a rock. Here it is. Awesome. So. Well, those, so those are the three that you found that have been archived. And then there's two more that you found that are still active. And those were both hidden by W.C. Sexton. Mm -hmm. But the truth is they're cat's caches. And cat, K-A-T, apostrophe S, is uh, his daughter. And she, when she hid these, was probably six years old. And she has a lot of caches around town. That's so neat. Yeah. You know, you were not a premium member when you did this, I don't no, think. No, I was not. And so you weren't able to leave favorites. So there, there might even be more favorites on some of these caches than there are now. Mm. Yeah. So I bought you a, uh, a premium membership today. Yeah, I really appreciate it a lot. You are welcome. I hope that you go out and find a million caches. And oh, that's my goal. Yeah, great. So what are you going to do for the uh, podcast? How are you going to help us with, with in marketing? Well, I want to get an Instagram set up and also just bring in viewers and other people you could interview here mm -hmm. through the Facebook groups and pages. Yeah. So right now we have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. We'll probably combine those two to the group. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but it's just called the Where Is It Now Geocaching Podcast on Facebook. And I think that's kind of it other than the podcast. We're working on YouTube, Instagram, anything else? Uh, Facebook, that's it that I can think of. Yeah, so we'll work on those. Well, it was a pleasure having you here. Can you hang out and listen while we finish the rest? Yeah, sure. Okay, you might listen. If you want to pipe in and say something, you feel free, okay? Okay. Okay, so I want to talk about GeoArt. Yesterday, I got in the car and I drove up to Sedalia, Missouri. That's about a three-hour drive. And on that drive, I've taken just about every route you can think of to get from here to there because I, I, in one of my lives, I consult and I have an account up there and I just go up there quite often, about once a quarter for two or three years. And I have other reasons. So anyway, I've wiped out all the caches. 
I was driving up Interstate 49 up towards Kansas City, and before my turn came, I saw a pocket of maybe five geocaches off to the right. And I'm going to call them out in the middle of nowhere, although they're really not. They're just off the interstate, down the wrong way road, down a bunch of dirt roads. They're, it was totally out of my way. Let's put it that way. And I had Siri going to get me to my destination. Even though I knew where I was going, I like to have her going because she tells me how much farther it is. And she, she was so mad at me. She kept complaining that I was on the wrong road and please turn around, turn around, turn around. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah, plenty yeah. of times. <laughs> yeah. So I know people go, why didn't you just turn her off? Well, I just forgot to. What can I say? I went to, a, I saw this first geocache and it was in a cemetery, which is one of my favorites. I went and found it and I was really lucky because I was wearing flip-flops and shorts and I've said many times on the on the podcast how well I don't do with bugs. <laughs> But luckily, they had just mowed it. So oh, lucky you. I know. I was able to hop out, walk across a really low-cut grass, find the geocache right away. And I was going to stamp my name, but it was... You could tell it had been sopping wet at one time, and then somebody stuffed it inside this little uh, bison tube, and then it dried into a clump of, you know, of nothingness, yeah. really. So I, I had my supplies with me, and I replaced the baggie and... I stamped a new log and put it in there. So it's all ready to go. You know, saying that, I hope that everybody listening carries some supplies. I can't tell you how many, and I'm going to give you some, Mackenzie. Okay. I'm going to give you some stuff to carry in your car. Sweet. You, you need a little bag that has some TOTTs. That's tool of the trade. Ah. And uh, like a flashlight is the one I use the most. Mm -hmm. But you also need some supplies to help the owners of geocaches replace their logs and their baggies and do a little maintenance. I, I know I have geocaches across three or four states. And when one goes bad, sometimes it's an eight hour drive each way. Right. So when somebody replaces those for me, I'm really happy. Yeah, I was looking yesterday. I was kind of doing some research on geocaching and I saw that people were saying, replace the log, replace the log. And at first I was like, what are they doing? And then I realized, oh, the log you sign. Look, that's so cool of them. It, well, okay, let's talk about that. Is it cool? I think the first time somebody says, couldn't sign, it was wet. Okay, I get it. But after four or five people, which by the way, at this log, at this uh, cemetery, mm -hmm. five or six people in a row said, can't sign, log too wet. And I'm thinking, all right, somebody replace it, okay? The actual tube? Yeah, the the uh, the tube was okay, but uh, it was a a bison tube is a small metal container that kind of hangs on a fence in this case. Uh, okay. And it had it it didn't even have a baggie; it just had a wadded up piece of paper. Mm. It just needed replaced. It mm -hmm. needed a new log for people to sign, or in my case, stamp. Right. So anyway, everybody carry some supplies. I'll get you fixed up, Mackenzie. Sweet. Okay, so I got that. It went great. And so I was able to get a geocache that I hadn't planned on. And I got to tell you, you guys may experience this too. In my neighborhood, I have to drive an hour to get a geocache I don't have. It's, a, it's not easy to go geocaching without traveling because I got them all or they're mine. So anyway, I made it to Warrensburg, Missouri, which is where I was going to spend the night. And I started recording the podcast 
at the uh, Marriott Hotel in Warrensburg, which I loved to stay at. It was a great room. I had my mobile rig with me, and I just couldn't get it done. The sound quality was bad. I was having technical difficulties, and I'm still going to have to, I'm still ironing that out. So I came back to do it here. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I did, because now you're with me. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I made it to Warrensburg. I found one more geocache. I spent the night. But here's where I want to go sideways for a minute. Now, you guys hang with me. First of all, Mackenzie, do you like football? Not really. That's okay. <laughs> you know, my wife and I love football, and we love the Kansas City Chiefs. I do now, like the Chiefs. I will say that. They're oh, the good. only football team I care about. Well, you're from here, and you <laughs> exactly. should love the one you're with, mm -hmm. right? Well, here's what I want to say. For those of you listening... If you hate the Chiefs or you love another team, we can still be friends, okay? It's going to be okay. I have a reason for this story. My wife and I were season ticket holders. We love to go to the games. We'll be sitting at the games, and during the national anthem, every time there's a flyover from uh, Whiteman Air Force Base, which is in Knob Noster, Missouri. That's K-N-O-B-N-O-B-S-T-E-R, Knob Noster. And... Many times it's just the Jets, and I say just the Jets. They're impressive, and that's what I've seen at any football stadium I've been in where there's a flyover. Mm -hmm. But Whiteman Air Force Base is home of the B-2 bomber, which is the uh, stealth bomber. And it is awe-inspiring or scary, depending <laughs> on who you are, when you're in the stadium and you don't hear them coming because they're stealth bombers, right? right. You don't hear them coming, but you start feeling it. And I'm there with 70,000 people that are screaming and yelling and singing. And you start to feel the whole place shake, the ground shake. And there's something in it, kind of like if you've ever been to a concert, like a rock concert or a country concert, where the subwoofers are punching you in the chest. It's that kind of feeling where the air's moving. And then all of a sudden, there they go right over the stadium, really close. B-52 stealth bombers. And it is amazing. Now, the reason I bring that up is Nobnoster is home of Whiteman Air Force Base. And what Whiteman is famous for, it's home of the B-2 bomber. So that's cool, right? Oh, yeah. I got to see it uh, about a month ago, actually. Really? Yeah, it flew over my house. Oh, the bomber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I, wouldn't, I thought you were going to say you got to see the base. No, I got to see the bomber. <laughs> okay. Well, so here's the deal. Nobnoster is famous for more than two th more than one thing. It's the home of the Air Force Base and the B-2 bomber, but it's also the home of the B-2 Spirit of Geocaching GeoArt. I know. I'm going to give people a GC number. If you're listening, write this down or come back and listen to it, you know, a little bit later. But here's a GC number to get you started. Now, this GeoArt has 50 geocaches in it. This is just one of them. Uh, GC4QCP6. There's got to be people that have no idea what GeoArt is. Maybe you live in a place where uh, it doesn't exist, or maybe you're like Mackenzie, and until I told her about it the other day, didn't know what it was either. Maybe yeah, you're no clue. Yeah, maybe you've only have five geocaches, right? Here's what GeoArt is. It's where you place geocaches in a way that from the sky or from the app, they appear to make pictures of things. So the B2 spirit of geocaching is actually a picture of a B2 bomber. It's the outline of a B2 bomber. 
If you were to go to the Alien Trail in uh, just north of Vegas, you would see, uh, not only would you see a, the most awesome trail in the world where there's a geocache every 110 feet, but you'll also see two large pieces of GOR there at least, and that is a, a UFO spaceship and an alien. They're all over. St. Louis, Missouri has an anchor. Almost every state has a state star. If you'll search for GeoArt, you know, just Google that, you'll find all kinds of GeoArt and you'll probably find some near you. So how do they make them? Every one that I've ever seen is made from mystery caches. And what's different about a mystery cache and a traditional cache is, is that when you place where you say the geocache is, the geocache doesn't actually have to be there. So in a traditional cache, the whole idea is you hide it, you give coordinates, and they lead the looker to the location as closely as possible. With a mystery cache, the idea is you put a pin so they see it and they click it, and it has something for them to try to figure out to find the final coordinates. Most geoarts go a step further and make it super easy on you. I have never been to a piece of geoart yet that you couldn't solve the puzzles in the car with Google <laughs> on the move. I mean, it's literally so easy. Sometimes the answer is actually in the description. So ah. it's super easy to find. So this B2 bomber, the reason I bring all this up is I was staying in Warrensburg Knob Noster is about six or seven miles from Warrensburg, and it's another six or seven or 10 to Sedalia where I was gonna work. So the next morning, like I always do, I jump up early in the morning and I go grab a few of those. Now, it's been four years and I haven't finished 50 caches there yet. That's not normal for me, but the thing is, I'm doing it on the way to work and I'm wearing dress clothes. So I can't yeah. really be out in the mud or and I kind of save them. I'm one of those guys, I like to save something because I know I'm going to be back. Unless I think I'm not going to be back, then I try to wipe the area out. Let's be sure to put some pictures of the some of the geo art on the Facebook group, okay? Yeah, I'll have to do that for sure. I don't know if you noticed, but I've in the on the Facebook group, I've, I've kind of divided it up into topics and those topics are each podcast. So there's a topic called geocast or podcast one, podcast two, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And when you click that, you can see pictures of the guests or what we're talking about. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, we're super smart. We know that, right? <laughs> right. Normally when I'm with a guest or even when I'm not, I like to stop right in the middle of the podcast and go get a geocache. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. It's pouring down rain outside. Yeah, it's not the best conditions. It's just not going to happen. And we actually left work to come do this. So we are not going to go get a geocache during this podcast. But my campaign promise to Mackenzie is we're going to go find a bazillion of them. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to say before we're out of here? I don't know. Thanks for having me. You know, you're doing a good job. Maybe if you'll go geocache some you could come back and be a co-host more often. Ooh, that would be fun. Fun, fun. Okay, everybody, here's what I need you to do. I need you to subscribe to the podcast, please, and so that you'll know when new episodes come out. Until next time, I'll see everybody later. Mackenzie, say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye.